Okay, it's time for our weekly visit with Bill Thielman. Always appreciate him stepping in here on Friday. Bill is a former Vancouver City Council candidate. He's a veteran BC political strategist and campaigner in the studio here today in Victoria at the BC Legislature. Bill, thanks for coming in. It's my pleasure to be here in person, Mike, and it's a beautiful day in Victoria, as always. What, what are you doing over here? You're based in the big city here. What are you doing in Victoria? I'm here to attend the BC NDP convention. I'll be there as a media observer so I can do commentary like this and uh, see who, what's going on. It's one year for David Eby. Yeah. One year as premier, so there'll be a lot of celebration there, and the party's up in the polls, so I think people will be pretty happy there. Okay, I want to ask you about that, because in- interesting time in B.C. politics here, with this split we see on the right between B.C. United and the Conservatives. I want to get your thoughts on that uh, in a second here. But first, let's start with the uh, the news of the day here. The Mike Farnworth, the public safety minister here now, suspends the Surrey Police Board. So this is the eternal saga here of of the fight over Surrey policing. Let's listen to Farnworth here first. The city of Surrey, led by Mayor Brenda Locke, of course, furious about this. Here is Farnworth speaking yesterday. Uh, the mayor has uh, her her views on on uh, on this transition, and uh, I've made it clear that the transition will continue. Uh, there are some outstanding issues that I'm particularly concerned about. Uh, for example, uh, budgeting uh, for this year and for the, the the coming year. And the best way to deal with that is to uh, to put in place an administrator, suspend the board. Your thoughts. Well, uh, as always, Mike, I disclose I do work with the National Police Federation, which is the RCMP's union. Uh, but uh, really, uh, this is just, as you say, it's the never-ending story. And I think what it really shows is there's not really a plan there. Like, it's one thing to say, Brenda Locke, you lose, I win, I'm the minister. But you've got to now show how you're going to actually execute on that. So we've got... I mean, the whole idea under Doug McCallum as mayor was we got to have local control of policing. We don't want it to be in Ottawa. We don't want the RCMP. We're going to have a Surrey policing. Now we've got a situation where somebody who isn't from Surrey is in charge and the minister's in charge in Victoria. And that's not what they wanted to have. I don't know. I think it's a real problem for, for Mike Farnworth and NDP to continually be fighting with Brenda Locke as the elected mayor with a, a majority of council who voted to keep the RCMP. No, this is going to be, this isn't over by far. And we still have a court case coming up because Surrey's taking the government to court. Why is it not over? Because, it, I mean, if he points, he's appointed a guy now to be a, basically an administrator, Mike Sur here, taking over the functions of the police board. Doesn't that kind of end it? Well, we keep <laughs> we keep hearing <laughs> it's going to be ended, Mike, and it and it's a never-ending story. So, you know, the, uh, the new administrator, and I'm sure he's a, a good police officer, and, and experience, but he's got to come up with a whole budget, and then he's got to tell the Surrey Council, you have to pass a tax increase of oh. X amount, double digit, in order to do something you don't want to do. So there's there's still many twists and turns, I think, in this saga. I, I, I would be very surprised if we weren't talking about this a year from now, at least. Oh, come on now. At it's not going to drag on that long now. Oh, well, well maybe probably will. It so far. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about the budget, because I think this is the big one for Surrey taxpayers, right? I mean, yeah. I think for a lot of Surrey residents, do they really care, you know, what, what color uniform the cops are wearing? I don't know. I think they're more care, they care more about how much is this going to cost me? How much is this going to burn me? Well, What's going on with that? Well, that's been Brenda Locke's, Mayor Brenda Locke's main point throughout that this is way too expensive. $464 million more than the RCMP would be over a number of years. But, you know, how much more? Four hundred sixty-four million. So that's a lot of money. The government has has offered one hundred and fifty million over five years, but it's not going to match the cost. But poll after poll showed the majority of Surrey residents wanted to keep the RCMP, and maybe cost is the main factor. Maybe some there's some sentimental reasons. 
uh, effective policing might be a good reason because crime is down in Surrey. But, uh, you know, once a, a senior government intervenes in a municipal situation, it opens up a Pandora's box of problems. And I think that Mike Farnworth now knows that. Is there a dispute over how much this costs? Like you just mentioned a number, how much it's going to cost from Surrey's point of view, right? But it, it seems to me like the province, the provincial government has got a different number. Like, is this one of the things they're squabbling over? Well, there, the well, province there, is saying there, it's actually going to cost less than what you say? There, there are different numbers, but I don't. I have not seen any number from anybody that says it's going to cost less than the RCMP. And one of the reasons, Mike, is the federal government provides 10% of the operating costs every yeah. year. So, you know, over 10 years, that's like $200 million. And once you move out of that, you never get it back. It's gone. So that's going to be a $200 million hit. For what sure. did you think of this move by Farnworth here coming in and taking over the police board? Is this a surprise? I don't know how surprising it is. In some ways, I thought it was kind of inevitable because there's a, there's a lack of movement. But, um, you know, again, it just it, it doesn't look good on on the B.C. government, on Mike Farnworth, unfortunately. And I suspect that other mayors are looking at this across the province and saying, what would happen if I did something that they didn't like? Would I get somebody imposed on me as well? So, you know, I, I mean, eventually it will be resolved. There's no question. But I think Surrey taxpayers are the ones that pay the price for it. Okay, let's move on to, you mentioned the NDP convention provincial this weekend in, in Victoria, uh, David Eby in power, and we're... Tech, the next scheduled election is still, when is that? That's October, still October of 2024, just under a year. Yeah, so we're like 11 months away from that. Now, here's the thing, though. If you take a look at these opinion polls, like you said, the NDP with a good lead, and the opposition, their opponents are divided. The B.C. United Party, official opposition, lost two of their MLAs to the B.C. Conservative Party, which is doing well in the polls. They've got a perfect vote split here. Is E.B. tempted to go early. Could he call a snap election here sooner? There's a real possibility, and there certainly will be about a 1,000 delegates, and I bet you almost every one of them is thinking, go in the spring, go in the spring. Uh, you know, it would be just a little bit early, maybe five or six months earlier. And when you've got your opponents in disarray, and we know Kevin Falcon's having problems, the BC United sometimes is in third place in the polling, and the BC Conservatives with John Rusted in second place. Uh, you know, the pressure on the Premier and the caucus to agree to have a, an early election, despite uh, promises that they would wait it out, will be intense. Oh, okay. I, I suspect the same thing, that this is going on. And I've actually heard that the party is doing some opinion polling behind the scenes, calculating, can we get away with this here now, with the public backlash against an early election. The other thing, if EB actually did this, he would have some explaining to do because he's clearly on the record saying he won't do it. Let's listen to a, a, a clip here. So this is Premier David Eby. He's asked, would you call an early election? Here's what he said. I'm not uh, interested in an early election. Uh, we won't be calling an early election. We're going to go to the fixed date uh, election. And the reason for that is uh, our province faces some big challenges. And uh, and again, I, I was out on the streets with, uh, with Joan, uh, with Ravi. Uh, we talked to a lot of people. Uh, not one person said... Uh, I really hope you call a general election soon. He's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, How does he wriggle out of that? He can't uh, do well, it. Well, listen, uh, you, you got to remember, former Premier John Horgan had a signed agreement with the Green Party, the Confidence Supply Agreement, and he broke that one. Uh, and he was reelected with a giant majority. Uh, one it six, worked for him. worked very well for him. Yeah. We've seen other other premiers and, and prime ministers in the past go early. I, I think, uh, as I said, the pressure will be on David Eby. There's a challenge, obviously, because he's put it, 
out several times he's not going to call an early election, and yeah. he may not. He may just stick with that that plan because you know things are going fairly well for him at the moment. But when yeah. you think about inflation and cost of living and uh, all the other issues there, and you see your opposition split and and in disarray and not really providing the kind of ready to govern leadership that I think most British Columbians are looking for, I there will be a. a really big, big question mark over whether you say, uh, you know what, we've got a big issue in front of us here. We need, we need, I need a mandate to, to govern for the next several years, and we've got yeah. some tough times, and I, uh, I'm calling it a little bit early. That's, okay. That would be my advice. Let's finish up with a little uh, federal politics here, which is also super intriguing. Now, Pierre Polyev, the federal conservative leader, speaking of an, a lead in the opinion polls, he's got a big lead, and it seems to be widening, right? Now, Listen to how the liberals are fighting back. They've given Polyev the stage here, right? And now they're starting to kind of try and fight back against Polyev. Listen to this liberal online ad comparing Polyev to Donald Trump. Have a listen to this. Fake news. Fake news. The left-wing censorship regime. Their woke censorship ideology. Have turned our once great cities into cesspools of bloodshed and crime. Has unleashed a crime wave like we have never seen. We have to stop with political correctness. Woke political correctness. Defeating the radical left. Radical leftist authoritarian agenda. We want those great Canadian truckers to know that we are with them all the way. I'm proud of the truckers and I stand with them. Okay. Okay. Now, Polyev was on the show earlier this week, and I asked him about that ad we just heard. And here's what he said. Let's listen. Did you see the federal liberal tweet they put out comparing you to Trump? Trudeau doesn't want to face my common sense ideas because he knows people agree with me. So he's mm. distracting with uh, ridiculous attacks like that one. He wants to distract with smears that focus on different countries that don't apply to Canada. Your thoughts? <laughs> you couldn't even say Trump. Uh, that was <laughs> like it was very. It was a very effective ad. That that is what an attack ad should do. It should draw a contrast and and a comparison to something negative about the your opposition. So the Liberals hit the mark there, but they're going to have to hit the mark a lot more times with a lot more volume than just an online social ad. They've they, and they don't have the money. Uh, Pierre Polyev has out out uh, raised out fundraised all the other parties combined, including the Liberals. So this is a real challenge for the Liberals. I think the only thing they have going for them is time. Uh, they can hopefully, for them, the clock can keep ticking on and on for two years. Inflation, cost of living could all be down. People could be over Trudeau hatred, uh, although we saw him swarmed in Vancouver this past week, a, a terrible situation, I thought, uh, and potentially uh, really catastrophic. Um, but you know that's about all. And then he depends on Jagmeet Singh, who'll be at the NDP convention, to oh. prop to prop him up yeah. for uh, that confidence supply agreement that they have for two years. Let's go right to your phone calls here, Dave and Mission. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Hey, hey Mike. Bill, thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. Here's a couple quick points. The uh, this thing that's going on with the city police or the city police service. Uh, $150 million from the rest of the province to prop it up, unacceptable. We are, I live in Mission. We have our own problems out there that need addressing. And the other, the other thing is, to this comparing Polly up to Trump all the time is getting a little bit stale. Uh, if anything, the Trudeau liberals are more like Trump than, than Polly has or ever will be. Solely for the fact that all the scandals that they embark upon over the last eight years is enough to compare them to Trump. 
Okay, th- th- thank you, Dave. I'm not sure the Trump comparator is going to work either. I mean, you obviously thought that was an effective ad. I- I'm not sure. Maybe it's. Uh, it depends on your partisan feelings. Like you know. Well, you're not trying to reach the you know 41 uh, percent of the polls uh, currently polls who are conservative voters with that kind of ad. Although some of them don't like Trump. A lot of most conservatives I know don't like Trump. So for one thing, but you're looking for the 60 percent that are are either NDP or liberal or undecided. And so I think it does work, but it can't work. It's not it's not enough to base a campaign on. It's it's a tactic. It's not a yeah. strategy. Yeah, they need a lot more, like you said. Stephen and Langley. Hi, Stephen. Go ahead. Hey, I was going to say, I feel it is an effective ad, but only going after the low-hanging fruit. You're not going after your average listener who's tuning in and listening to something like this. Because someone who's looking into this has made their decision on a lot more information. I feel that's going to be an ad that'll get the undecided voters who are unsure to go one way or the other, more yeah. so than pulling people. What, what do you think they would have to do in an ad to be effective to fight Polyev, do you think? I, in all honesty, when it comes to your educated, um, or like someone who is interested, uh, not educated, but someone that's more involved in politics, I don't know what it would take. Cause well, I think it would... My, it, my feelings yeah. are that Trudeau needs to step down. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot, of liberals, Bill, a lot of liberals feel that way. Although do you I, think Trudeau will step down? Like I, I keep I wondering. Not, I do not think so, and I wouldn't advise it if I was a, a liberal uh, really? strategist. Really? Isn't he say, their biggest liability right he's now? He's also their biggest advantage. And, you know, Mike, regardless of, of whether he goes right or wrong and what he does, he's carrying the ball. He's controlling things. He can actually do things differently. So he can reset. There is a possibility. I'm not saying it's easy and that he'll do it, but I would certainly not say bring in a Christia Freeland or a Mark Carney or somebody. I mean, that would be a sign of disaster. And I think Trudeau is stubborn enough, just as his father was, that he will not give up. And and as Stephen Harper was in when he lost to, to Trudeau, uh, these are the kind of uh, politicians who are in it. It's their, it's in their blood. They're, they're not going to pull out of the fight, but the, Mm. the liberal strategy has to be way better. Cause as you said, they've left Polyev to, uh, to basically have the whole audience to himself for a long period of time, and there's nothing other than his split up with his wife uh, to make some news that was uh, in any way newsworthy for Trudeau. Eric in Surrey. Hi, Eric. Go ahead. Hey, um, I don't agree that that ad was effective the way the Liberal Party uh, is attending because the cost of living is so high, and that will take years to recover from that. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, it's, you know, the economy's stupid, right? The old yeah. line in politics, yeah. right? Go ahead. Well, what what that Trump ad does is put a, a at least a sliver of doubt about Polyev into potential voters. And what you want to do is tie uh, Polyev into uh, a more sketchy, dubious, scary situation with him in charge of the economy if he was prime minister. So there'll be you'll see ads about him supporting crypto cryptocurrency, which was a huge mistake in my view for him. Sure, but he never uh, says that anymore. You'll no, no, never hear him clip, talk about Bitcoin ever are, again. No, but all the clips are there. So the Liberals and the NDP have to tie the entire uh, legislative agenda that Pierre Pauly would bring to current affairs. So what's yeah. the number one issue? Inflation, cost of living, housing, and they've got to tie him to that if they want to be successful.